Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Jesus. And what a beautiful presence of the Lord is in this house this evening. Thank you, uh, singers and musicians. Amen. For doing a great job leading us into worship. Amen. Just a beautiful presence of the Lord here. Yes. And I'm so thankful for what I feel. You know, you couldn't pay any amount of money and buy the peace of the Lord that's in this house tonight. Amen. No amount of money could buy it. And yet the Lord gives us gives it to us for free. Amen. It's truly the benefits that the Lord gives his people are truly uh, beyond value. I mean, they're just so numerous. And I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm thankful to be able to bring the uh, word of the Lord to you this evening. If you'd like to uh, stand up. You can. I'm just going to read a quick portion of scripture from Psalms 34 and 18. And I'll read Psalm 147 and 3 as well. And um, I, uh, to be completely transparent with you, this evening I, I normally don't do my notes the way I did them tonight. And I, I don't know why I did them this way, but uh, it just feels a little different. The message feels a little different to me. Um, and so I'm going to endeavor to just go with what I feel and um, just trust that the Lord will use this somehow to speak to you individually. And I believe that the Lord will uh, use this message to touch someone tonight that is watching from the comfort of their own home, maybe on their couch, maybe lying in their bed in their pajamas, I don't know. But maybe the Lord will touch them and use this to, to minister to somebody. Psalms, the 34th chapter, verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 143, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The next few moments, I just want to talk to tonight about the quality of being broken. Brokenness, the quality of being broken. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, under one roof, God, just to worship your name and to hear your word. But I pray tonight that the few words, Lord, the meager words that I can speak, God, they can do nothing. But through your spirit, God, I pray that you would minister, Lord, to someone in this house, someone that's watching on Facebook. I pray that you would minister to those, God, that, Lord, need ministering to and do what only your spirit can do. Lord, my words can't heal the broken. My words can't save the lost. But today, Lord Jesus, I know that your spirit is still healing and you are still saving. Jesus, do with this what you will. Jesus' name, you may be seated this evening. Amen. We live in a time and a place where brokenness is easy to find. There are times when we look around and everything seems to be broken. 
Read the news, which pastor's been delivered from the news. <laughs> the government has, seems to be broken. Marriages seem to be broken. There are broken homes, of course. Promises are often broken. Social values and social constructs uh, that have stood for generations are broken. Uh, in the blink of an eye, careers can be lost and broken. The public education system seems to be broken. Roads and infrastructure, if you listen to people in the news, they are broken. Freedoms, if you listen to those that are panicking, are broken or or at the very least reduced. <laughs> in my case, weight loss goals are broken. <laughs> Retirement savings can be broken. And of course, we, we've all seen or know people or even experienced ourselves where our health can be broken. And what I can tell you tonight is in this, we are no different from those who have came before us. If you were to interview notable figures from pivotal points of history, you would find their perception of their reality would indicate the people and things around them were in chaos. If you were to interview Winston Churchill in 1939 and 1940, all was in chaos. If you were to interview Abraham Lincoln in 1860, the world was in chaos. There was brokenness and problems. If you were to be able to go back in time and talk not to, to famous people, but just to common individuals, they too faced similar uh, brokenness and, and bad times. What about the historical calamities? Like uh, if you were to talk to a European peasant from the time of the Black Plague. It's a horrible, horrible time. When some people say as much as one-third of Europe died from disease and from sickness. What if you were to talk to an African tribesman that had just been captured and placed on a slave boat? No doubt their life was in chaos. What if you talked to a little Israelite uh, person that had left Egypt only to be chased by Pharaoh's mighty chariots? You would find a person that was in a time of chaos. And at these moments, each of these individuals were no doubt hopeless, maybe even a little afraid. Everyone who has ever lived has experienced some form of struggle or frustration, which is common to life. Maybe your calamity does not rise to the level of historical significance, but the fact is that the trouble that you face is not ancient history, but it is in the here and the now. And regardless of the era of human history, man has always had and always will have Trouble. Is it any wonder that is recorded in Job? Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And the fact is that none of us, not me, not the president, not the richest person in the world, none of us get out of this life unscathed. Right. Since Adam and Eve transgressed God's commandment and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, man has experienced brokenness as the consequence of his sin. Consider for a moment Adam and Eve. They were driven from the only home they had ever known. A paradise where death and pain did not exist. Time 
game itself had no meaning. There were no predators and there was no prey. All of creation existed in perfect harmony. There were no flash floods, no hurricanes, nor nor tornadoes. Peace and safety were the order of the day. And from this perfection, the first couple were launched into an existence fraught with peril. Now there was pain in childbirth. There was sickness. There was grief. There was death. They come to know sorrow and regret. Their eldest son murdered their youngest son. And instead of eating freely from the fruit trees and the nuts that were provided in the Garden of Eden, now they had to toil. And it was by the sweat of their brow and back-breaking labor that they had to provide themselves something to eat. It seems as his nature itself works against, worked against him in the forms of thorns and thistles. The perfect harmony of God's creation was fragmented with one act of rebellion. To sum it all up, Adam and Eve went from a place of wholeness, completeness, if you will, to a place of brokenness. I was reading today, um, uh, uh, looking for a good definition of brokenness. And brokenness is the quality of being broken. So what is it to be broken? And in the very, uh, I guess the most useful form of the word broken to me is not the verb tense, but actually the adjective form. It's forcibly separated into two or more pieces or fractured. Uh, like you would have if you had a broken piece of glass or a broken arm, Brody. That's broken. Uh, another way we use broken is sundered by divorce, separation, or desertion of a parent or parents, children from broken homes or a broken marriage, having been violated as in a broken promise. Broken, broken can also mean incomplete as in a broken set of books. If you have a volume of ten books and you're missing volume seven, your set is broken. Broken is being in a state of disarray or disorder. Tropes, troops fleeing the battlefield in broken ranks. It is uh, intermittently stopping and starting discontinuous like a broken cable transmission. Or a broken Facebook transmission, which we hope tonight's transmission is clear, not broken. It means varying abruptly as in a pitch, like a pitch of your voice, like broken sobs. You ever heard a child cry and hyperventilate? It's broken. Their voice is broken. Topographically, it can be rough terrain or uneven terrain. It can be mean subdued totally or humbled, as in someone with a broken spirit. It can be weakened or infirm with broken health. It can mean crushed by grief, as in somebody that died of a broken heart. It can be someone that is financially ruined with bankruptcy or broken finances. And finally, it can mean not functioning or out of order, as in a broken washing machine, (laughs) Cherie. All these things... Uh, broken can, can ha- has many various various uh, analogies and ways that we use it, and I've no doubt that you can relate to this extensive definition that I just read to you. Brokenness is a common thread con- connecting humanity. 
People bond over their difficulties and share one another's pain. To be human is to be broken. As demonstrated previously, there are many paths from wholeness to brokenness. Some of the paths that I wrote down from wholeness to brokenness are addiction. Addiction can lead you on a path to brokenness. Uh, Financial loss, like we saw so terribly in 2008, it can lead to a path of brokenness. Lying and deception can lead you to a path of brokenness. Physical ailments and sickness, the death of a loved one, moral failure, all these things are paths to brokenness. A person can experience brokenness due to circumstances beyond their control. And other times, we are solely responsible for creating our own calamity. And regardless of which path we take to brokenness, we are never so broken that God cannot reassemble the pieces. We are never so broken that God no longer cares. There are spiritual and physical applications of brokenness. A state of brokenness has both physical and spiritual applications, as you well know. In the physical realm, broken things are not as highly uh, prized as items which are complete and mechanically sound. Shereen and I have have been discussing the age of her car recently, and and we're in that mode of she's even looking in a few places trying to find her a vehicle. And so we're thinking in that direction and she has to drag me along with her <laughs> because I'm a little bit hesitant. I don't want my bank account to be broken. <laughs> but uh, Brother, Brother Phillips, what I'm not going to do is, in the many places that she shops, I, I'm not going to go to pull apart on 55 South over there and start shopping for a vehicle. You see, at pull apart, you go in, it's a junkyard, and there's hundreds, I don't know, maybe thousands of vehicles. And if you need a part and you don't want to pay full price for a part and your vehicle is broken, you can go in there, get your pull a part. But I'm not going to go there and shop for my next vehicle. Okay? Why? Well, because obviously they're missing parts. They're crashed. They're wrecked. They're damaged. And in this physical realm, these broken cars are just not as highly valued because they are not suitable for my purposes. Broken things like vehicles deteriorate to the point that they are abandoned, recycled, upcycled, parted out, scrapped, repurposed, or restored. Car enthusiasts, in fact, go to great lengths to restore rusty muscle cars. I mean, how many of us have not seen old muscle cars that have been restored? I think just yesterday I saw a 57 Chevy at a gas station. I thought, ooh, that was nice. That thing looks great. It looked immaculate. Somebody had spent a lot of time and treasure restoring that vehicle and taking care of it. How many of us have not seen some old Corvette or Charger or Chevy Chevelle that we were like, wow, that thing's awesome. You pull up next to it, the red light, and the engine makes your heart. You feel the vibrations in your heart. You're just like, wow, man, that's incredible. And their investment that they make will make them happy. But ultimately, that restored car will again fall into disrepair and become broken. 
Because in this fallen world, metal rusts and fabric seats come apart at the seams and leather cracks and rubber dry rots and the paint chips and it fades. And all the car enthusiast enthusiast has done at the end of the day is ultimately put off the inevitable march of decay. In our natural world, all the flora and fauna in this world are subject to the law of fallen nature. Animal species have become extinct. Uh, Climates change. We used to live in the world was once in something called an ice age, but it did not last. It changed. Dinosaurs lived in a time when they say the earth was incredibly warm, but that did not last. It changed. Ultimately, we know that this heaven and this earth will pass away. Now let's contrast the broken things with broken people. Unlike things, broken people always have value. And the value of broken people is not based upon their performance or their wealth or their social status. Rather, their value is established by the almighty God. The broken were formed by God. The broken were made in the image of God. And they are deeply Loved. Romans, the eighth chapter and verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? All of those things that I just listed, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, all those are sure paths to places of hurt, to places of anguish, to brokenness. Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all of these judgment, society's laws and mores, and the latest fad, the opinion of the in crowd, the cool kids, the church cliques, or the social clubs. A social value, a soul's value is not dependent upon a human's abilities, their accomplishments, or their beauty. It's not based upon their education or how high they rise in the the business world. It's not based upon the billions that are in some people's uh, 401ks and investment plans. The soul's value is not dependent upon man. Human society and governments do not determine the value of a soul. God does. God sets the value of a soul. So how much does God value a soul? He values them so much that he himself said that he was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. Amen. Does all just mean those that have it all together? 
those that are seemingly perfect? Or is Jesus willing for the broken, uh, the outcast, the downtrodden, and the sick to find salvation? I submit to you tonight that Jesus loves souls. Being in the form of God, Jesus humbled himself unto the cruel death of the cross. He didn't do that because he was flipping about humanity and his creation. He did that because he values a soul. In his ministry, Christ healed the sick. He was a friend to the sinner. He reached for the prostitute. He touched the leper. And he seemed to individually target the broken, the needy, and the hurting. Clearly, he values souls. There's a, a famous character that all of us today know about. And is a character of folklore. A character by the name of Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty is a character in an English nursery rhyme. It was probably originally a riddle. And it's one of the best known nursery rhymes in the English speaking world. How many of you have heard of Humpty Dumpty? Everybody's heard of Humpty Dumpty. Oh, you're going you're gonna to hear in just a minute. He is typically portrayed as an anthropomorphic egg, though he is not explicitly in the rhyme described as such. The first recorded versions of the rhyme date to the late 18th century England. Its origins are obscure, and there are several theories have been advanced to suggest uh, the original meanings. Humpty Dumpty was popularized in the United States of America on Broadway by an actor named George L. Fox in a pantomime musical called Humpty Dumpty. Now, can you imagine going to a theater and watching a show based on Humpty Dumpty? I cannot. But the show ran for three years, and at that time was the longest-running Broadway show until it was surpassed uh, over ten years later. As a character in a literary illusion, Humpty Dumpty has appeared or been referred to in many works of literature and popular culture, particularly in the English author Lewis Carroll's 1871 book, Through the Looking Glass, in which he described Humpty Dumpty as an egg. Now, Through the Looking Glass, who knows what that is? Alice in Wonderland. That's right. In, uh, in the... In the uh, in the original poem, it's, it's a little bit different from the American version, but I'm going to do the American version, not the original one. The American version goes, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a all the kings and all the kings chickens. Men couldn't put Humpty together again. I've got a question that I want to pose to you tonight. Why didn't the king get involved personally? He sent horses to put Humpty Dumpty together again. Now, what if horses, a horse doesn't even have fingers and thumbs. How's a horse going to put anything together? He didn't get involved. He sent the horses and the men, all the king's horses and all the king's men. Couldn't put Humpty together again. No matter how broken and hopeless your situation may seem, Our king, the king of kings, can put your pieces together again. He doesn't use horses and he doesn't leave it up to men. He takes the pieces into his hands and he can reassemble your life 
One piece and one step at a time. You are never so broken that God cannot speak order into your chaos. You're never so broken that God stops loving you. God loves you. It it occurred to me when I was contemplating this message that broken people have broken perceptions. Being in a place of brokenness does things to your mind. It brings along with it certain levels of anxiety and despair and hopelessness. So literally when you are in a, a place of brokenness, I'm not just talking about a place of disappointment. A place where you got your feelings hurt tonight. I'm talking about spiritually in a place where you are broken. Where your mind and your life is consumed by the event uh, that has occurred to bring you down to your knees. When you are in this place, our broken perception can cause us to feel abandoned, thrown away, unwanted, useless, alone, isolated. Like I said at the beginning. To be human is to be broken. And I think it's in these moments in time that we need a moment of clarity. That we need to ask God to renew our mind. To renew our mind. Because our perception is warped. We look at the situation and say, God, there's no way. I I don't know how I'm ever going to get past this. I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this event. I feel so alone. I feel so uh, unwanted. I feel used. I feel depleted. I feel less than. And it's in those moments that our perception is broken. I think nobody really captures and puts into, into words in Scripture woe and anguish quite like David does. And we know David wrote great psalms about praise. But sometimes he wrote, he seemed half depressed (laughs) with the way he wrote. Psalms, the 31st chapter in verse, uh, I'll read verse 12 first, and then we'll back up. David wrote, I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. Verse 9. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed with anguish. My years are groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction. My bones grow weak because all of my enemies, because of all my enemies, I am in utter contempt of my neighbors. I'm an object of dread to my closest friends. The strangers and those that see me on the street, they turn around and run. They flee. So David here, he's, he's having a pity party. He's upset. He's in anguish because he's got enemies. He's the contempt of his neighbors. His close friends run away from him. And even strangers that see him on the street go the other direction. He feels alone. He feels abandoned. He feels unwanted. He's in a place of brokenness. And he says, I am forgotten as though I were dead. And have become like broken pottery. I brought a coffee cup. I'm running out of time. It's perfectly good. It's a perfectly good cup. It holds. That's a really. 
steaming hot cup of coffee and to try to pour that in your hands, would you let me do it? No. Doubt it. And you know, the crazy thing is, is we are open before God. We're completely open before God. And this is what the condition of our soul looks like to God. But we try to silly. Oh, God, I'm good. I got this. Go there. I can put the pieces back together. I'm good. We try to hide. We try to make it look like our, our vessel is not broken. But in the reality, God sees us in our brokenness. And what we have to realize is that the brokenness that we're going through, as much as I love Brother Ryan, as much as I love Pastor. They can't heal the brokenness. As much as I love my parents and my wife, and they can talk and help me, there's only so much their words can do. But the brokenness that's inside of me has to be healed from the Lord. And that's what David understood. He wrote in verse 14 of that same chapter, But I trust you, O Lord, and say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me, Lord, from my enemies and those who pursue me. Make your face to shine on your servant. Save me by your loving devotion. The salvation that he was looking for, the completeness and and the, 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 the healing that he was longing for can only be found by putting our trust in God. And when we're down on our luck, when we are broken, when we have nowhere else to turn, we can always turn to God. Amen. There are some times that our brokenness is through no actions of our own that's brought upon on us. But so many times we bring those things upon our own head through sin, through disobedience, through simply not doing the things that we know we ought to do. We bring upon ourselves a path, a pathway to, to sin, to destruction, to brokenness. And it's in those moments that we need repentance. God is always smiling upon those who have a broken and a contrite heart. But contrition is all about repentance. David wrote this very familiar passage of Scripture in Psalms 51. He had committed a horrible sin with Bathsheba. We don't have time to go into all that. But he did some completely deplorable things. In fact, if I had done the things that David did, I would be down the road in the prison. He did horrible, horrible, unthinkable sins. And he wrote this. He realized because the prophet came to him, told him what was going to happen. They had a baby. The baby died as a consequence. And he spent the rest of his life life reaping the rewards of of what he sowed. But he wrote this in Psalm 51. He said, You do not desire a sacrifice where I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O God. 
The lie of the enemy is that God has rejected you because of your sin. God has not rejected you because of your skin, sin. God does reject prideful, unrepentant hearts. But in his mercy, he is drawn to those who are of a broken and a contrite heart. Contrition is a feeling or expressing remorse or penitence that's affected by guilt. So contrition tonight is repentance. And I suggest to you tonight that if you find yourself in a place of brokenness, a place of despair, a place where you find yourself bound by addictions and pains, and, and there are some things that are going on in your life, and you know deep down that you can't pin those things on anybody else but your own choices and your own bad decisions. I want you to know tonight that God's not rejecting you because of those choices and those bad decisions. He will help you through those, but you have to come back to God. You have to repent. Say, God, I need you to help me. I've made a mess of my life. My life is broken into pieces. Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. I need your strength to help me get through this mess. And I submit to you tonight that if you've brought these things on your head like we all have at some point or another, that God is able and he's willing and he is just to forgive you and to put the pieces of your life back together again. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Uh, I'll make this quick in closing while they're coming. I recently heard a story and it seemed to fit with this tonight, so I'll tell it. There was a, a mom and she went into a dollar store with, with two kids. One was about a boy who was about seven or eight years old. And there was a younger child that was two or three. The younger child got put up in the basket. You know, they have the buggies and they got the basket for the kid to sit. So mom's pushing the baby around. And the older kid was walking with her. And as kids often do, they begin to bother their mom about, let me get this. Let me get that, mom. Can I have this? Mom, can I have this candy bar? Can I have this can I have this car? And uh, so finally, the mom, being a mom, she was wore down, and she finally said yes. And what the kid had picked up was a pack of glow sticks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Glow sticks. And so um, the older kid's walking beside the buggy, and he's got his glow stick out, and he's playing with it. Of course, the younger child, being a younger child, thought, I've got to have a glow stick. So that child got upset began to cry. I want a glow stick. I want a glow stick. So the mom does what any mom would do. She went in and got the glow stick out and gave it to the little kid. The little kid begins to wave it around. He becomes, I don't know, Harry Potter or whoever. He's playing with it, drawing in the air. Imagination going wild. Kids happy as he can be. And the younger sibling all the time is walking by with his glow stick. And the younger, the, the older kid reaches over to the young child, gets their glow stick, takes it away from them. And the child just begins to cry in the well, and all the world has gone wrong. What the child didn't know is the older kid knew something they didn't know. The older kid bent and broke the glow stick and shook it. And it began to glow. And it back to the younger child. And the younger child's eyes were open in wide amazement. And it was more joyous than it had been at the first. The 
because this magical thing had happened to its toy. It now glowed. Sometimes we reach for things and we want things in life. And we get them. We hold them in our hands only to understand later that to reach their full potential, sometimes the things in our life have to be broken. They have to be broken so they can reach our full potential. I think that's probably the case in our lives too. To reach the fullest potential, there are some times in our life that we're going to go through the fire. We're going to go through tests. There are going to be disappointments and failures, sure, but there are going to be more than that. There are going to be times when we have to be broken. Amen. I pray that the Lord has used this tonight to speak to somebody. Mighty God, we thank you tonight. Lord Jesus, for what you've seen fit to bring to us. Mighty God, I know that just by the the law of averages, that there's somebody watching this tonight that finds himself in a place of brokenness. I don't know if they brought it upon themselves or if they're, Lord Jesus, innocent bystanders of circumstances that they did not bring about. But God, I pray tonight that whatever case and situation they may find themselves in, Lord, that they would turn to you and say, God, here are the broken pieces of my life. I can't control it. I can't put it back together. Lord, I can't put my marriage back together. I I can't uh, get my rebellious kids in order. God, I, I can't fix the things in my life that I wish I could fix. But God, I'm turning it over to you. Lord, I pray tonight that they would find a space for repentance, a place for prayer, a place for devotion to you, to put their trust in you, Lord, to know, God, that you're still in the business of putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. You're still in the business of reconnecting individuals and putting relationships together. You're still in the business of healing families, and you're still in the business, Lord, of doing the things in our lives, God, that we're hopeless in, God. We're hopeless, God. You are our hope. You are our salvation. You are our trust. It is in you that we put our hope, God. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight to those, God, Lord, that may watch this and they're lukewarm and they're walk with you, God. They're not where they need to be. Lord, that you would draw them back into a closer walk with you. God, that you would take them into your loving arms, Lord, and make them, Lord, feel your mercy and your love, God. Lord Jesus, I pray these things in your wonderful, holy, righteous name. Amen, amen.
if there would be a point in our life that we had been broken and we would not be broken again. We'd just get fixed, be put up on a display shelf, and it would all be good. But we all find ourselves affected by circumstance and situation. And once again, we find ourselves in need of, of a fresh mending and healing from the fixer. Amen. Great message. I really felt a witness in my spirit. And as he preached, I thought of myself. As I sat there, I thought of people that I have been praying for and people that I... I am reaching for people that I want to see. They need healed. They need to be healed. Their life is broken, and maybe they've just given up on being fixed. But I'm praying the spirit of this message could be heard by them. Amen. I know my intent is to send it to a few people. Amen. And that the Lord would minister to them. That they would take the time to listen and watch. And, and that the spirit of the Lord would work. And, Amen. We could see the Lord's hand work. No doubt there are probably, probably some of us here today that needed to hear this. Amen. You feel like maybe someone told somebody something. Amen. Somebody told Jesus. Jesus wanted you to know. Amen. There's something good that can come out of the worst situations. And I'm thankful for that. How about you? Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for this word. Thank you, Lord God. You don't throw us away. But Lord Jesus, you see the value in us, Lord, when we're as low as we can go. Lord Jesus, you're able to give us hope to see beyond the situation that's staring us in the face of the Lord God, to see that there is a better day. God, I pray that spirit of faith would be communicated, Lord, and imparted in the next few days, Lord, in our lives, God. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Amen. See you Sunday. Amen. 945 or early.